Welcome to Rad Reading, a bookish podcast where the R stands for Refresh and the D stands for Discover, and where we try to help you do those two things for your reading life. I'm Ronnie Lauren, a best-selling romance author who likes her reading life to be big on variety and full of complicated characters. And I'm Don Alexander, an indie editor who never met a whodunit she didn't want to solve or an intricate plot she didn't want to untangle. We are two very different readers, but two very good friends who love to talk books. Join us as we tackle reading roadblocks, give our best bookish tips, and of course, recommend all the great reads that have kept us turning the pages that week. Let's get started. Welcome back to Rad Reading. I'm Ronnie. And I'm Dawn. And today is episode four, and it's one of our read, watch, listen episodes. Actually, it's our very first read, watch, listen episode. So um, Dawn, what is that going to be about? That's going to be where every month we talk about what we were reading that month, what we watched on TV or movies or other podcasts, and what we listened to, audiobooks, songs, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I used to do this on my blog. So if you've ever, you know, subscribe to my newsletter, follow me there. I do this each month because I like to kind of go over what I've been looking at, reading all of those things, and then picking out my favorites. So we're not just telling you what we read, watch, or listened to. We're telling you our favorite things. We're not going to share the things that we watched that sucked. <laughs> so this is going to be- well, we might <laughs> as a warning, stay away True. from this. <laughs> True. Um, but in general, we're trying to add things to your list that you want to listen to um, or read. So or watch on TV or movies or anything. It's kind of, you know, a catch-all. So listen could be music too, but usually we're going to be focused on bookish type things since this is the Brad Reading Podcast. Um, so this is going to be for October. And this means the books we've been reading kind of through September and the first part of October. Um, this is a really busy month for me. So my reading can be a little dicey in October. How about you, Donna? Is this a busy month? It has been an insanely busy month. It just seems like everything went in slow motion all summer. And then I blinked and it's suddenly mid-October and we have had trips and people visiting and tons of deadlines. It's just been crazy. Yeah. Same here. Everything kind of fell all at once. I got revisions back on a book, which means I was like buried in 10 hours of work each day. And then all of my normal stuff was still going on. And my son has every kind of different activity all of a sudden, as soon as school starts, um, so you're going to notice today that I have a number of audiobook, um, you know, to audiobooks to recommend because the only time I've been able to read is because when I'm driving back and forth to things uh, and pay, playing mom taxi is when I've been able to read. So I have more audiobooks, you know, than normal and less print books than normal. So, but why don't we go ahead and start with print though, Dawn, or print or ebook, obviously. So um, what's been something great you've read this this month? Um, okay, so I am slightly obsessed with the Boundarylands Omegaverse series by Callie Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And if you are not familiar with Omegaverse, it is erotic romance. It some of it can get very, very dark. Callie Rhodes's um, Boundarylands is not quite as dark as some of the others, and it is based on the idea that there are three kinds of people in the world. There are alphas who become alphas usually later in life. And they go through like a physical transformation and they generally end up moving out away from the rest of society. There are betas who are just like normal everyday people, but they're generally very intimidated by the alphas and alphas can control them. So they try to stay away from them. And there are omegas 
And the omegas are very, very special because they are the only people who can reproduce with an alpha. And they are women who usually think they are betas. And then when they encounter an alpha, the alpha's touch triggers their omega senses and they just fall, they don't necessarily fall madly in love with them. They usually fall madly in lust with them. Right. <laughs> and, and then there's the, once you are mated, you can't leave. And it's very faded mate type series. So my favorite in the series so far is Samson, which is number three. <laughs> and um, the two that I have read recently are Troy Troy was okay. It had an interesting conflict because the the Omega was um, somebody who had come from a very strict religious background. So this went against everything she had ever been taught. And so that had some interesting conflict there. Um, but the most recent one I read was Zeke. And Zeke was very interested, interesting to me because his conflict was that he did not want to trigger this Omega's nature. Mm-hmm. And so, because he had had a bad experience in the past. And so a lot of the buildup and um, tension was based on him trying not to touch her. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a nice little reverse there. Yeah. And so are they like human or are they, because yes, I think, F's, okay. Okay. Because when I hear alphas and beta stuff, I tend to think like shifters and wolves and, you know, all that. So, okay. They're human. <laughs> they're human. These are humans. I have a shifter recommendation for later. So we'll get okay. there. <laughs> awesome. Wolves are coming, you guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, my first um, recommendation this month is also an erotic romance. So we're just having a theme here, but mine is contemporary erotic romance. And it's called The Roommate by Rosie Dannon, D-A-N-A-N. Um, and this is, I didn't technically read it this month. So I'm cheating a little bit because I have read so much audio, but I wanted to bring one that was recent that I had read in print. And I'm really, really, really picky about my erotic romance because I wrote in that genre or, you know, still currently sometimes write in that genre. So I have trouble kind of turning off my writer brain when I read these books. I'm, you know, critiquing it and pulling them apart and wanting to edit them and all of those things. So I can be kind of obnoxious and nightmare reading the genre. So when a book can make me turn off that part of my brain and I just get like lost in the story and I'm not thinking about what they did right or wrong or the mechanics of, you know, the structure of the story and all that nonsense, um, then I know it's a really good book. So for me, this one, I complete was completely was able to turn off my brain. So the setup is it's Clara and Josh, and she's kind of like, Clara's this kind of well-mannered East coast girl, not stuck up in any way, but just really like buttoned up and, you know, kind of lived this very cultured life. And, uh, she decides that she's going to follow her crush to California. So we talked about Felicity in a previous episode. So I apparently love this thing of people following their crushes across country. Um, But she's like this guy since, you know, they were kids together and he's in a band. And so he has moved to California and he needs a roommate. So they're going to, I think, drive together to get there. And so he bails on, you know, her as almost as soon as he gets there. So she shows up, she thinks, Um, she's going to be staying with him all summer and this is going to be great. And they're going to fall in love. And he's finally going to see her as, you know, the girl of his dreams, but his band gets a gig to go tour. And he's like, you know, so sorry, I'm going to find another roommate for you and see ya basically. So now she's moved up her whole life. She's packed up. She's in California, doesn't know anyone. And she walks into his house in California and there's this roommate who's Josh. 
And Josh is like this lovable, fun guy, you know, really nice and friendly. And she's like, okay, this is, you know, weird, but it's going to be okay. And then she finds out he's a porn star. (laughs) Nice. Always a good quality in a roommate. (laughs) (laughs) So she's a little freaked out by that. But what I loved about this is we, we have, you know, stereotypes, I'm sure all of us, I know I do about what it is a porn star would be like. Um, and he's completely not what you would imagine. He's just like, you know, sex is fun. I don't take it seriously. I'm young. I'm getting paid for this. And I respect the women that I'm with, you know, the actresses that I'm working with and all of that. Um, and he's real open about sex stuff with Clara when she comes in just conversation wise. And she's so not used to that because she's kind of, you know, always been the buttoned up quiet one. Um, so they have this really cute friendship. And if you look at the cover of this book, it's pink with like cartoony kind of heroine and hero on a couch it looks like really bright and fluffy y'all it is hot (laughs) it is a really (laughs) really erotic romance so there isn't as many love scenes as you would see like in a traditional erotic romance you have to wait a little while Um, but the scenes themselves are very explicit so be warned if you don't like super steamy um, probably not for you don't be fooled by that pink cover hot pink cover Um, but it was so much fun. And I liked both characters and like the hero, I just found so endearing and not full of himself at all. And not that like super alpha, you know, kind of thing you would think of as a porn star. He's just like this goofy Californian, you know, guy and really sweet. So loved it. All right, Dawn, you have another one. Well, I'm just thinking as you're warning people about this is super steamy. I'm over here. One clicking it on Amazon (laughs) on my other screen. I'm like, yes, porn star roommate. I'm here for that. Um, My other one for this month, I haven't finished this one yet, but I'm excited to finish it. And it is called Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door by Lucy Score. And I picked this up because I know that Lucy Score is known for humorous writing. And I was kind of in the mood for something funny. And this is, it has several laugh out loud moments in it because it is this girl who is named is Riley and she has hit some hard times and she is living in basically a retirement home. It's a mansion that is shared with several other people who are very, very old. And you find out very early, this is not a spoiler, you find out very early that she has a clairvoyant gift and that she sees visions and she can sometimes read people's thoughts. So, and she tries to block it out and then her neighbor gets murdered and she had seen a vision of it before. And so it's all about her and a um, private investigator who is trying to solve the murder and they have great banter and great. At one point he, uh, this isn't a spoiler. He sets it up of, Hey, let's be fake engaged so that it doesn't look weird that I'm hanging around with you and I can interview your neighbors. And the neighbors are crazy. (laughs) Like they are, these aren't sweet little, like we're going to, you know, bake you a pie and squeeze your cheeks. Old people, they're hilarious. Mm -hmm. So I'm really enjoying that one right now. Awesome. Yeah. I, um, after, you know, I've been in the middle of edits for a week, so that has meant long, long, long days of very detailed rewriting and revising and all that. So when I'm in that mode, um, you would think I wouldn't want to read in the evening after I walk away from reading all day of my own stuff, but um, I really do find comfort in that. So, but the difference is I have to pick something that's really, really a comfort read for me. And that isn't too 
intense or really intricate, like having to figure out a mystery or something like that. Like my brain doesn't have the capacity at that point to do it. So my go-to is usually historical romance. And I don't, I don't read a ton of it. Like it's not something I go to all the time, but I usually read a few a year because I always just am happy with historical romance, especially, you know, Regency romance and there's just all those customs and there's balls. Well, <laughs> that, that could be, <laughs> there are balls where they dress up and dance. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> um, and all the, you know, kind of pride and prejudice stuff is just, it's so like just a cozy blanket for me. So an author that I know I can go to every time I'm going to be, you know, happy is Julia Quinn. So I know that is not news to anyone with the Bridgertons, like being, you know, this big breakout hit on Netflix, but I was reading Julia Quinn many, many years before that, you guys. So I was in the know a long time ago. Um, and I've been working my way through the Bridgertons very slowly. I usually read one to two a year and kind of just, you know, savor them when I read them. And so this week I was reading on the way to the wedding, which is the very last Bridgerton It's number eight. You can read them out of order. I feel like you can get more out of it, reading them in order, but each one is a standalone, you know, with a different couple and everything. But I really liked on the way to the wedding. It, it gave me what I needed this week. It gave me comfort. It gave me that like sweet, you know, kind of story to go to. I will say it was not my favorite that I've read recently of hers, just because the first half I loved. And then the second half, it got a little slow for me. Um, and then the epilogue, I'm not going to give it away because I don't give spoilers, but the epilogue was my personal nightmare. <laughs> so I have to say she shared what happened in the epilogue with me because I don't read these books. So it's okay for her to spoil it. And oh my God, no. So, okay. <laughs> so now y'all are all going to go buy it. So you can just read the epilogue and see what I'm talking about. Um, but the one I wanted to bring today for my recommendation is earlier in the series is number six is when he was wicked. So I love this one. This one was like a five-star read for me. So it can, like I said, it can be read out of order, but this is a friends to lovers, which is one of my favorite tropes. So Michael has, Michael is an Earl in this world. And uh, he's been friends with Francesca, you know, since they were kids and they've had this really, you know, good quality friendship. And, but she got married to somebody else. He figured out he was in love with her like 36 hours before she was to get married. So he couldn't intervene at the time. And it was his friend that he was, you know, I think he was friendly with the person or it was his cousin or something. can't remember the exact detail that she was marrying. And um, so he let her be happy because she looked to be happy. So he wasn't going to interfere. But then when the story starts, she's lost her husband. So now she's a widow and he's, you know, there to comfort her or whatever. Um, and of course we know what happens in a romance. So, and he's this like rake. So he's the guy who like, you know, has dated all the women as you can in Regency romance, you know, what the date looks like, but he's, you know, never settled down and all of that. And so it was just, it's a really sweet, fun story and they are steamy. So she does um, have some steamy scenes. They're not a ton of them usually, but they are, um, if you're not into steamy books, it's, it does get a little steamy. So, but yeah, if you need a good comfort read when he was wicked by Julia Quinn. Well, and the other one I wanted to recommend is one that is a new to me author. A friend of mine recommended this book and was like, you need to read it like right now, like just go buy it right now. And we have very similar reading tastes. So I trust her, but this one hits all of my buttons because it is Waking the Dragon by Juliet Cross. And it is a murder mystery, first of all. Nice. With dragon shifters. <laughs> 
so it is this whole other like urban fantasy type because it's a normal world that feels like ours but it's not ours because Mm -hmm. there's for one thing there's dragons flying around (laughs) um but these the dragon shifters don't necessarily shift into a full out dragon it's um they have wings and their Mm -hmm. bodies are different that kind of thing but it starts off just like a normal murder mystery of you see a girl getting killed and the rest of it is um, a girl who is a journalist who is trying to get the story because she wants a position on this paper and she is working with the head of the dragon guard trying to investigate the story because they need a girl who can go in and kind of be undercover in this certain area and so there's the mystery and there's the shifters and there is some really hot sexual tension and yes I love it awesome awesome and remind me of the name again it's waking the dragon. It's the first in a series. All right. Well, that is our print or ebook recommendations for this month. So we're going to move on to our watch recommendations. And I have a couple of these. I definitely, um, you know, do some binge watching, even when I'm very busy, cause I do like to decompress that way. So one of the things that I had like marked on my calendar to watch, like when I heard it was actually going to be a thing, um, was Lula rich on Amazon prime. So I don't know if we all need to be in a support group about it, but how many of us bought the leggings? So I know I did. I bought into the hype. I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't sell them or anything, but I did love the leggings for a while in their Irma shirts. So I spent money with LuLaRoe and I had a lot of writer friends who as part of their, you know, home business stuff, they were starting to sell it too. So it was kind of important important for me to watch this too, because I know a lot of people, got burned, you know, kind of getting into it and then not making money and, you know, all the different problems. So I really wanted to see this documentary kind of dig into to that. And it was really well done. They interview the owners, which is this couple um, that started the company. And you can tell like, they maybe thought this was going to be a different kind of documentary. I don't like, I don't know why they agreed to be interviewed. <laughs> like, based on how, you know, they were portrayed, but like she kept her smile, like really tightly on her face the whole time, even when they were asking tough questions about like, how about these people who didn't make money? Or what about all the holes in the leggings that started showing up or the ones that smelled like mildew and all like, she kept her face up there, like smiling, like everything's fine (laughs) the whole time. But I thought it was really well done. And just like, you know, it's kind of one of those popcorn things, like watching other people, (laughs) you know, kind of things burned down around them because they made choices that they probably shouldn't have made. So that probably makes me a bad person that I enjoy that kind of documentary, but I fully enjoyed it. So I never got into those leggings. I'm just not a legging person. Mm-hmm. That's just not, my body was not made for that. Mm-hmm. So I never got into it. I was fascinating watching all of the, the writing community get into it because everybody loved them. Mm-hmm. And some people looked really adorable in them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just can't wear that. But I have been very interested in watching that because I did see one little snippet where the interviewer says something about, you know, well, the, the, um, the interview is speaking to the couple, mm-hmm. the husband and the wife, mm-hmm. and says something about how the goal of the company was female empowerment, and you wanted to give these women a business. And the wife starts to speak and the husband says, okay, let me take that if you don't mind. And he starts speaking over her. And I was like, oh, this is going to be yeah. good. 
Yeah. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Yeah. I, I mean, it's really like a true crime story on a very mild level, you know, because it really was hard for the people that were, you know, trying to sell it and ended up getting caught with all that inventory and spent all this money. And, you know, they were promised things that they didn't get and it was multi-level marketing and blah, blah, blah. But if you're into that kind of seeing how a business went wrong and um, kind of that true crime aspect of it, I, you know, I thought it was really well done, but how about you, Don? What have you been watching? Um, well, so this is going way back, but, and I'm considering this research because, um, I am an editor and I have a client who was talking about the show Alias and some similarities into the plot that she wants to do. And I never watched this show when it was on. Like, I remember like the the advertisements for it, but I never really got into it. So I told my husband, I was like, okay, we need to watch this. You know, it's research. I just need to watch like the pilot. And so we are now like six episodes in, in like three days. Because it absolutely just sucks you in. And if you're not familiar with Alias, because it was on forever ago, it is Jennifer Garner and um, Bradley Cooper, who, oh my God, they need to do something about the man's hair. (laughs) Because Bradley Cooper is like one of my top 10 here in that Mm -hmm. hair. I'd be like, no, dude, sorry. You gotta, (laughs) you gotta do something. Um, So Jennifer Garner is actually a spy. She is a graduate student and everyone thinks she works at a bank and you find out that she's a spy. And in the first episode, again, this is not a spoiler because this is what the whole series was based on. In the first episode, she gets engaged and she tells her fiance the truth that she's a spy and this is what she does. And while she's off on a mission, the um, company she works for kills her fiance. Mm. and makes it look like a Mm break-in um because they can't have anybody knowing and so that sends her into the spiral of she's going to take down the company that she works for and so she starts working kind of as a double agent for that company and for the CIA and it's very I like the spies I like action movies I like all of that Mm -hmm. it's very well written there's some really the plot lines are believable there's good lines in it And it's one of those, the tension in it is amazing because since she is a double agent, you don't know if she should trust this person. Like every time she walks in a room alone with this person, I'm like, should you open the door? I don't know. Should you? And there's moments where there's other people that you know things about and they can be having a simple conversation with somebody and you're just waiting like, is this a good conversation or a bad conversation? Did he really mean that? Or was that some kind of code? Is he going to go report this? So we are totally have like got sucked into that. Awesome. Yeah. I actually, I've never seen it either, but it's always been one that I think like, I would like that if I gave it a shot, like I like the actors that are in it too. So yeah, I'll have to add that to my list. Cause I could use, I like things that I can watch with my husband. So if it's got some, you know, action in it and everything, like he's more likely to watch it with me. So that might be a good one to add to our list, but, um, my next ones, I'm going to talk about two because they kind of relate to each other, but I think I mentioned on a previous episode that when I get stressed out, I like to organize, um, things maybe it was in the reading journal episode, but I like things neat and orderly. And I like to rearrange things into a different order. Like I'll rearrange my books and my quote unquote library and, you know, a different system. Um, so when I'm stressed, I tend to want to read or watch things about organizing. So, um, I watched, I mentioned this in a previous episode, but Hot Mess House on Discovery Plus, which is 
they go into somebody's house and they have too much clutter or they have hoarded too many things or, you know, all of this. And then they go in and they show them how to do it differently. And this and hot mess house I liked because they have the personalities um, that they take into account. So it's not just one way to organize. And I really like how they kind of customize it to each person. So that's one, if you're into that organizing stuff. And then the other, I mean, Marie Kondo, everybody's heard of her, but she had her Netflix series a couple of years ago. I think prior, it might've been 2020 or 2019 that the original one came out, but she has four new episodes of one called Sparking Joy. And so she goes into some of these are like businesses that she's going to help organize, or um, it's not just somebody's house. So it's a little bit different. That one, I find um, she's, you know, so quiet and calm about everything that it's very soothing to watch. I don't necessarily use her techniques of how to fold things or like some of her stuff is so like intricate to me that I wouldn't probably stick with it, but I still like watching it and I like seeing other people do it. Um, so I enjoy just the process of seeing like things be put back into order. It gives me good psychological, you know, calmness to see like messy room. And then now it's, plus it also gives me motivation to clean my own house. Cause then I'm like, oh yeah, I really got to rearrange the pantry or whatever it is. Um, so both of those are, if you're looking for something that doesn't take a lot of brain effort just to have one in the background, or if you need to be inspired to clean your house, you know, uh, cause I always need inspiration for that. That those are both, um, very good. Those shows always make me feel better because I'm like, oh, well, my house isn't that bad. Right. Right. It doesn't, <laughs> I don't have a whole room that I just shut the door. Yes. I mean, well, I take that back. I do have teenagers. Right. So I just shut their doors, but my yes. house isn't quite that bad. Well, in my two, because I'm going to talk about two now as well. Um, we know that I have a slight obsession with superheroes. And just a little. I am a, just a little, <laughs> just a little. And I am a total Marvel girl. I can tolerate some things, DC. And if that's a conversation y'all want to have. Y'all, if y'all can see her face, I know this is a podcast, you <laughs> can see her face, but the, the way she said tolerate, she ain't tolerating y'all. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to have a conversation about Marvel versus DC, um, I don't, can y'all hear the bird? The bird just totally agreed with me right then. About yeah, we Marvel have a third podcaster DC. today. We have a third okay, podcaster yes. today because Don and I had to go remote instead of, uh, we try to do these in person when we can, but we couldn't manage it today. So we, we uh, apologize for the slight bird sounds you might occasionally hear. Yes, I, I live with a very bratty parakeet. <laughs> so anyway, um, Ronnie doesn't get into superheroes, so she doesn't really understand this debate. But if you ever want to talk Marvel versus DC, I am totally down for that. My obsession right now is What If, which is a Marvel series. It's an animated series on Disney+. And it takes the standard Marvel stories and mashes them up. And so if you look at um, a couple of the first episodes, it's what if Agent Carter became Captain America instead of Steve Rogers? Or what if the accident that caused Dr. Strange to destroy his hands, what if somebody else was in the car with him? And so it takes this whole twist on their universe and those stories. And so I love them. A couple of them are very sad. And that's kind of like, I don't like that. But the story and the writing, of course, because it's Marvel is amazing. And then we had the chance to go see um, the newest Marvel movie, which is Shang-Chi, mm -hmm. which is about an Asian Marvel hero. 
And I wasn't really sure what to expect on that because it wasn't a standard hero. It wasn't somebody I was familiar with, but I had had several people tell me, this is amazing. You need to go see it. So on a recent trip while we were in Austin, we got a chance to go see it and it is fabulous. I totally recommend it. Absolutely has all the action in Marvel, has the great writing of Marvel, has the um, funny banter. Aquafina is in it and she mm-hmm. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So totally recommend that. Awesome. Yeah. I'm poor Dawn. When she tries to talk any kind of superhero thing to me, I just have like that blank, you know, blinky eye look like, okay. <laughs> it's not that I don't think I wouldn't enjoy them. It's just, I haven't watched them. So like, I've seen a couple of, I wouldn't even know if they're Marvel or DC, honestly, like different. I know <laughs> the look she's giving me you guys. <laughs> I'm like, I'm waiting to see which character she's about Um, to mention. Who's Spider-Man go to? That depends on, see, Spider-Man is complicated because it depends on which Spider-Man you're talking about. There are multiple Spider-Mans. Okay. I clearly, I don't know anything that I'm talking about with this, but yeah, for some reason, my son, even though, you know, he's teenage boy and all of that, like he's never kind of latched on to the superhero thing. He likes more reality-based things. So I think he would have been the one to draw me into that. Uh, like we have to kind of draw him into things like a Star Wars. We have to be like, okay, give it a chance. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, if I watched it from the beginning, if I, you know, and I do have Disney plus, so now I have the opportunity if I wanted to go in and kind of watch it. Um, I could probably get into the character parts of it because the actiony parts of it for me, as we've talked about with books and stuff, eh, I could take it or leave it. I'm more character driven, but I, she's still shaking her head at me, you guys. I'm just making her mad today. <laughs> I don't even know how she functions, y'all. I really don't. <laughs> All right. My um, other watch recommendations this week are, well, first of all, we have a family watch that we always binge something. So we've gone through, especially since, you know, 2020, when we were kind of all stuck at home, we picked shows to watch. We went through all the survivors. Um, we went through amazing race and things. So right now we're doing mo- modern family and my son is 13. So your mileage may vary if you're watching this with your kids, like it's can get a little racy at times. Um, but for 13, well, he's almost 14. It's fine. Um, but we literally laugh out loud watching modern family. Like, and my son is not one to be like really boisterous about laughter. So to see him like holding his belly laughing, is like so much fun. And I'm, I laugh out loud too, but it's really well done show. There's lots of seasons. So if you haven't watched it, um, you have a lot to binge is our first watch. So it's brand new to us. Um, but I think we're in season three or four now. So we've, we're cruising through them. Um, but it's a really just lighthearted, funny, if you're looking to laugh. And then my only other recommendation is if you want something really chill at night, because a lot of times my husband and I are exhausted when we go to bed and we always have these big plans, like, okay, we're going to watch outlander. We're, we're going to do it because we, we really like it. And, you know, I love the books and everything, but it takes so much mental energy to pay attention to what layered is, you know, pissing off the other, you know, guy from this County or whatever. Like I can't focus on it. So we have been putting on milk street, which is a cooking show on PBS in there. <laughs> I know, but I'm telling y'all because the way they do the slow motion camera work in this cooking show, first of all, it's almost pornographic. <laughs> It's like super high definition slow-mo when they sprinkle the salt, like the salt flakes are just like going across the screen. It's so relaxing, but usually like I make it into like the first segment and then I'm like, I gotta go sleep. <laughs> so if you're looking for something to calm you down at the end of the day, 
maybe make you just a little bit hungry because they do make delicious food. But like, I just love the camera work and the style of it. It's not like in your face. Everybody's really calm. I think they're all on, you know, Valium. <laughs> but it's so nice to me. Like, I was like, oh, ha, huh. it's like a little hug at night before I go to sleep. So if you're looking for something chill, go with Milk Street. They also have good cookbooks, but we, we've already talked about cookbooks. I'm not going to get into my, on my soapbox about that. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm going to mention something that's the complete opposite because um, my husband and I, I like to watch shows. He get, will get his tablet when we go to bed and we'll watch a couple episodes of different things. And um, we're not watching slow motion cooking. That hasn't <laughs> happened yet. But, you don't know what um, you're missing. <laughs> uh, evidently, yeah, we're going to have to look that up. But one of the shows that we watch that is absolutely not family friendly, do not watch this with your children. My children are technically adults now. I still don't want to watch it with them. Uh, but it is animated, is the show Archer. And it is an adult animated series that is about a spy agency. I guess I have some kind of theme going here. <laughs> um completely hilarious inappropriate humor I mean like really really I want to go have drinks with these writers because I'm sure they are just hilarious to hang around and he's the world's he keeps calling himself Archer keeps calling himself the world's best secret agent and he's the one who completely screws everything up and then somebody else has to come in and say things and so we've watched it I don't know how many seasons there are now and usually we um like there's been, there's new ones recently, but I, my husband will watch it all the way through. I think there's four or five seasons and he will watch it all the way through. And then he just goes right back to the beginning. Mm. And so I end up usually when he goes back to the beginning, I'll be like, okay, yeah, I've literally seen this episode like 12 times. I'm going to go to sleep. Or I have certain ones I will make him skip because I don't like them. Mm -hmm. And so we've been watching that. They just wrapped up their new season and one of the main characters on it, who um, Archer is the spy, um, Archer is the main character who is the spy, but his mother actually runs the spy agency. Her name is Mallory. Uh, the actress who voiced her passed away in March. Oh. And so they had an episode um, that I will not spoil in case some of our listeners actually watch it, but they dealt with how they wrote her off the show and that was that hurt my heart Mm -hmm. you know laying there usually and and it was done very well and it very much fit the character and I was very glad with the way they handled it but I was laying there and we're watching it and I'm like all right so good night you know (laughs) so that's our and that and Bob's Burgers are our two like lay in bed type watch things yeah yeah, the um the Goldbergs did that recently with the guy who played the actor who played Pops, the grandfather on the show, the Goldbergs passed away. And so they had to deal with it in the show of, you know, him passing away. And me and my son have been watching that since the very beginning. It was one of the very first sitcoms he ever took interest in. And so it's like our special show that we watched together. And so it was like losing, you know, one of our distant mm-hmm. family members to, you know, see the show and the flashbacks and like show previous episodes and so yeah, that was the first time I think any show that he's watched that he they've lost an actor or something. So it was like it was sad for both of us. But yeah, that's tough when you get attached to the yeah. characters. So that hurt. Yeah. All right. Well, next, that's our watch recommendations. So 
what I love about, you know, doing this podcast with Dawn and hopefully which y'all are, you know, will enjoy too, is that if you look at our recommendations, they're so different. So I love that, you know, you can come and listen to this and get all kinds of different things that we are not crossing over very much. Um, so you can, you know, sample a lot of different types of things, but um, for listening recs this month, I have been doing a lot of audiobook listening because like I said, I've been busy. And so I listen to audiobooks when I'm riding or driving in the car. I listen to them when I'm cooking dinner at night, like doing all that chopping and, you know, prep work. I have an audiobook going. So it's, you know, an easy way for me to get through books and still be reading, even though I might not have time to sit on the couch and physically read a book. So this month I have two for you. Um, one is I'm going to get out of the way first, because it goes back to the theme that we were talking about with the watch. When I was going through my, I need disorder, I need organization. So I listened to making space clutter free by Tracy McCubbin. If you have hoopla with your library, it was, it's on hoopla. So it was really soothing to listen to just talk about decluttering and kind of leans towards minimalism and, you know, getting rid of stuff and all of that. But it was one that you can listen to and not hundred percent pay attention to every moment. So if you need something that just kind of background when you're doing things, it was a really good one. Um, and then the, the more kind of meaty fiction one I did this month was the mother-in-law by Sally Hepworth. I had heard it recommended everywhere. It's labeled as suspense thriller. So, and it's because and this is not giving anything away. The mother-in-law of the title dies. And there's a question of it, looks like um, she died by suicide, but they're not sure because there are some kind of questionable things, you know, at the scene and did they just not sure. So in the book, you're trying to find out like what happened, but it's dual timeline. So you go back and the mother-in-law, she is a character in the book and you see, you know, what led up to this. And it starts with the main character is um, the daughter-in-law and she's really eager when she gets married to her husband. She doesn't have a, her, her mom passed away when she was really young, I think is her backstory. So she's really wanting like this close relationship with the mother-in-law, right? So she's looking for a motherly figure. She's open to that kind of relationship, but the mother-in-law is, she's just kind of a quiet, very keep her cards close to her vest kind of person. She's a no nonsense person. Like she does charity work and stuff. And so she doesn't think like, you know, you should have elaborate things. And she's kind of, you know, stuffy in her beliefs about some of those things. And she doesn't know how to express that in a way that's very warm. So she seems very cold. And so you see at the very beginning, how miscommunication plays a role in their relationship between the daughter-in-law and the mother-in-law. And so even though this is labeled as a thriller, it really was very intricately character focused because you're seeing how two people who may have had really good intentions with each other. Both of them have good intentions. You can see it as the reader, you're getting their inner dialogue. But then when you see they interact, you see how they misinterpret each other's behavior as her not liking me or her mm -hmm. being whatever. And so it goes through the years of like when she first gets married and then when they have a kid and then each stage of it. And it's like, I t tend to not like um, romances that are based on miscommunication, but for this, I think it really worked because it was like, you can see how in real life that happens all the time that somebody said something to you and you were like, did they say that? Cause they don't like me or they would like, they were judging me for something when that person really was trying to be helpful or they thought they were being helpful and maybe it came across in a weird way. So I loved how they set it up 
And I didn't figure out the mystery. So until, well, towards the very end, I kind of knew, but I mean, they had given me enough clues by then. So if you're looking for something that's like really, really fast paced thriller, not this, but if you're looking for a slow burn character driven mystery, and it gets a little suspensey thriller towards the end, but I, I just want to set, you know, that expectation because Dawn, for instance, if you were to read this, I think you could like it, but if you went in thinking it was going to be like pulse pounding, you know, pace, it's going to disappoint you. And this is our listen recommendation. So I listened to this um, on audio and it's set in Australia. So the audio book narrator was great. She had a great Australian accent, even though I found out at the end that she's not Australian, but <laughs> it sounded authentic <laughs> to me, but it was really nice on the ear to listen to. And I liked how she did the different voices and things. So if you're looking for, you know, a good audiobook to put in the car, you know, while you're driving around, it, it definitely was a, a good choice. So, and Dawn, you're, you're not uh, doing any audiobooks this month, huh? No, I'm not an audiobook person and I'm testing it out mm-hmm. because I would like to be an audiobook person because there's times that I'm doing other stuff that I would like to have something to listen to. And so far, I just haven't found the thing that I really liked. Mm-hmm. I've opened up several. I had like 15 tabs open on my computer of, oh, I like this one. Oh, I like this one. And then I will listen to the narrator. And there's just something about it that maybe if I was listening to the whole book, I would mm-hmm. enjoy it. But those audio samples, there's, I found one, I cannot stand anybody trying to do a Southern accent that is not from the South because we can pick that up like that. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find somebody that I thought, okay, I can tolerate you for mm-hmm. a while because the issue I've had with audiobooks in the past is I can read a lot faster than they can read to me. Right. Right. And so I get impatient, especially with mysteries and thrillers, because I want to know the the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And so I'll get impatient trying to listen to it. And so my listening for this month is we took a trip to Austin. We went to the MotoGP races, which is like Formula One racing for motorcycles. Had a great time. But on the way back, my husband has this old country playlist on Spotify So we were listening to all these like late 70s, 80s country music. Um, First of all, I know what's wrong with all of us 80s kids in our relationships (laughs) because some of those songs you're like, wait a minute, he totally cheated on you and you're telling him that the door's unlocked and he can still home? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I was thinking that actually the other day because Stand By Your Man came on and I was like, this is really not a great message that we were. (laughs) And we decided... So um, there's a song by the Forrester sisters called That's What You Do When You're In Love. And it's this whole song about this guy calling and admitting that he had an affair the night before. And her, her answer to it is the door is unlocked, the light's still on, and the covers are turned down on the bed. And you don't have to say that you're sorry anymore. And I'm like, oh, no. I would be like, all your stuff is in the front yard on fire. Come get it. <laughs> right. Um, so we decided that, and then, um, and I love George Strait, like love with all my heart, George Strait, but some of his songs, Drinking My Baby Goodbye and uh, Unwound, we were both like, okay, so the women were taught that you just put up with whatever the husband was going to do. And the men were taught, well, when she dumps you, you go get drunk, right? This is what, <laughs> this is, these are your options. Yeah. So we listened to that. And then there were a couple of songs on there that I realized I was singing when I was very young 
Cause like, I can remember riding in my dad's truck and singing these songs and then it hits you what the song is actually about. Right. Um, like Conway Twitty's tight fitting jeans is about a one night stand. Mm-hmm. Didn't catch on to that for a while. So my listen recommendation is go back to some of those old songs that you used to listen to and see mm-hmm. if you actually knew what you were singing about. Right. Yeah. Like when I was like nine or 10 singing, push it by salt and pepper. <laughs> you know? When I thought it was about dancing. <laughs> yes. My uncle, I had an, an uncle who was not incredibly older than me. He, and um, I think he was only like 10 years older, 10 or 11 years older than me. And he got in a lot of trouble because I was standing on, I was little enough. I was standing on the um, booth in Pizza Hut singing Angel in the Centerfold. <laughs> And my mom, and I can still like picture her face saying, where have you heard this song? And my uncle's like trying to climb under the table next to mm-hmm. me, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. My, my kid will probably be damaged too, because we're a rock music family and he plays, my, my son plays guitar and drums and some of the songs that we've grown up listening to, you know, Guns N' Roses and mm-hmm. Motley Crue and all not so PG. So, you know, <laughs> it's. We've told him you can listen to some of these songs, but you can't repeat the things. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is not a model for behavior. This is not a guide. Right. Um, my song recommendations this month are, so my son makes fun of me because we're all, like I said, we're always in the car together. And when he's in the car with me, I don't listen to the audiobooks because I don't know what's going to be in the audiobook. So, you know, um, so I put on my playlist and it's set on random and it's got, you know, thousands of songs on it. And he's like, you always stop at certain songs. You don't skip them. Cause I skip a lot of songs. And he's like, you never skip this one. And he's so observant of everything. I'm like, sure I do. He's like, no, you don't. You never skip this one. But so he's like, you always stay on the sad songs. So he's like, you, you don't skip the sad songs. And so um, Weezer, which I know Dawn, you're probably a huge Weezer fan, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, Weezer is, you know, a rock band. They're kind of quirky and been along around a long time, but they came out with a newer song, um, probably within the last year. And it's called all my favorite songs are slow and sad is the name of the song. And my son was like, Hey, they wrote a song about you (laughs) because all my favorite songs are slow and sad. I love, you know, rock music and fast stuff, but it's like, if it's about heartbreak, if it's about yearning, if it's about angst, like I'm here for it. And, um, one of the ones that I thought about was all I wanted by Paramore is, the line is all I wanted is you. And, you know, obviously she didn't get him and she's like seen at the top of her voice. And it's just like all this ache and yearning and stuff. And I never skipped that one. So apparently you guys, all my favorite songs are slow and sad. And Weezer has written a song about me. <laughs> we know that Ronnie is into the angst. So that yes. does not surprise me at all. That yes. does not surprise me at all. And I do get inspired by songs. So maybe that's what it is, is that I mm-hmm. listen to that kind of stuff because then I'm like, I'm going to write a song for that person and they are going to get the, the love in the end. <laughs> they are going to yes, get I'm happy going to fix this for them. <laughs> yes. They're going to be happy. Yes. I have to correct myself because my 80s country loving child will not let me get away with it. Um, Drinking My Baby Goodbye is Charlie Daniels. It's not George Strait. Okay. All right. Well, we have gotten through our read, watch, listen, Rex, but it is that time um, that we get to do our favorite, which is the rad reading rec of the week. So if you're just joining us, if this is the first time you've listened to us, this is the list that we're keeping on our website of our absolute favorite recommendations. So these are the books that, you know, we really want to 
put in your hands and, you know, have you take a look at because we felt really strongly about them. So Dawn, what's your rad read? Rat. It's so hard to say. We could have come up with a different name that wasn't so hard. <laughs> so many because R's. it's entertaining listening to you try to say it. <laughs> My rad reading wreck of the week. There you go. Good job. First try. You don't even have to edit that. Um, my rad reading wreck of the week is The Martian by Andy Weir. I really got into this book and it's not my normal type thing. I don't remember who recommended it to me, but I wanted to read it before the movie came out. And this has been a couple of years ago. And if you open it, the, um, I know that as writers, we talk about first lines and how first lines really have to grab you. And the, I can't repeat the whole first line because we try to keep this pretty clean, but the first line of this book is I'm pretty much effed. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the story of an astronaut who is on a mission to Mars. And while they're out doing some kind of astronaut mission-y stuff, a storm hits and his crew thinks he dies and they end up leaving him. And so he is completely alone on Mars trying to figure out how not to die. And it does have some sciencey stuff in it. And I am not a super sciencey type person. Um, Some of the reviews, people are like, well, that wouldn't work. And you wouldn't be able to do that. I don't care. Give me a good story. So I really, really enjoyed that one. So that's one of my all-time recommendations. I have that on my shelf. And I haven't watched the movie because I don't want to watch the movie before I read the book. Um, So as much as I'm not usually a science fiction type reader, I feel like it's in that dark matter zone that like the Blake dark matter about Blake Crouch that we talked about before um, in a previous episode, because everyone who's described it to me is like, it's such a page turner. Like you just Mm -hmm. keep going. So I'm looking forward to reading that one. Like I said, I have it on my shelf and I just have to get to it, but I like the whole idea of, you know, being left and how horrible that would be. And how do you get out of that? So yeah, I'm going to have to read that one. Well, Mine is um, actually another audiobook this month. And you guys, I loved this book so much. Like really, really, really love this book. It's Joyland or Joyland by Stephen King. So first, let me get it out of the way that I love Stephen King. So that's already, you know, pretty much a guarantee. If I'm going to pick up his book, I'm probably going to like it. I don't love all of them, but I'm probably going to like it. However, I want to put the caveat that this is not a horror book. So if you are afraid of Stephen King, if you're like, don't want to read the shining or it or anything, this is not that this is a, it's part of his hard crime case series. So if you look this up online and look at the cover, it has like an old fashioned, um, almost like seventies pulp, you know, fiction kind of novel look. And it's set at a carnival in the seventies on the beach. So it was kind of like the perfect late summer, early fall read for me, because it's like, he's the main character is going to work at this carnival during the summer. And then he stays on for a little while afterwards when the carnival is kind of closing and there's not as many people. So it's going into fall, but it's the setup is the the guy who's the main character is in his sixties. Now he's looking back at this one summer. So it's got that kind of nostalgic, you know, looking through rose colored glasses a little bit, but he, he goes and works at this old fashioned carnival. So picture the roller coaster rides and the carnival games and all of that. There is a mystery element in us in a ghost story as part of it. So there was a girl who was killed and they don't know what happened to her. And she supposedly haunts one of the rides. So there's a little like 
kind of dark, you know, ride that you go in on like, you know, a little cart, like a roller coaster, but when it's in a dark part, some people have seen her in there. So that's the only part that's kind of Stephen Kingy, but I'm telling you, if you get scared easily, like it's not, it's not spooky, really. It's just kind of, you know, a ghost story in the background, but you're trying to figure out this mystery, but really it's like a coming of age novel. So he's in, you know, about to start college and he's at that age where, you know, he's kind of figuring himself out and he meets these people at the carnival and each one has a unique personality. They're carnies, right? So there's, you know, a psychic and there's the kind of gruff guy who runs the rides and, and he meets, um, I will warn, there is some sadness in this book. So he meets a woman about halfway through who's staying in one of the beach houses and she has a son um, who is sick. So he forms a relationship with this kid and, you know, kind of bonds with him. And so that part, there's some sadness, I'm just warning you, but the sadness was done in a way that I knew it was going to be sad in that part. So I had like prepared myself when you're reading it, he like sets you up for it. So, you know, how it's going to end that part before you even start. So I think when I'm prepared for it, I'm okay. I'm not blindsided by like, and then the dog dies. (laughs) So like, don't do that to me. Um, and I know I'm not giving this book justice the way I'm describing it, but I'm just telling you guys, if you love a coming of age novel, if you love great characterization, if you read his 112263 book and you liked the character and how he developed that character in that book, I got kind of the same vibe. Like I just felt bonded to this guy. So it's one of the best books I've read all year. I gave it five stars. I immediately went and bought the other book in the hard crime series that he does. It's called later, but I'm reading that one. So I can't recommend or not recommend yet, but I will say that one has a totally different feel. Like it's an actively more crime focused book. So I don't know kind of what the theme is and, you know, the hard crime case thing, but the Joyland one, I've had it on my shelf for like, I don't know, years. And I just happened to pick it up. Cause I was like, this sounds like a fall kind of book. And well, okay. I'm lying. The reason why I picked it up is because I'm doing my read wide challenge and I had two squares left <laughs> and one of my squares to fill in with Stephen King. So that's why I picked it up, but it worked. See, this is why I do these challenges. Cause I would have left it just languishing on my shelf, but I had to pick it up and I have a bunch of Stephen King books on my shelf, but guess what? This one's short. <laughs> so I was like, nice. yes, I was like, I could read this. It's 300 pages, you know, or we're listening. It's, it's shorter. And then I can check off that box without having to read, you know, it right. <laughs> or a thousand pages of the stand. So yeah, so I kind of was doing it to cheat on my reading recommendation thing or my reading challenge, but yeah, I'm really, really glad I did. So if you're looking for that kind of book, I highly recommend it. Dawn, I think you would like this one because it, it does have enough of like a mystery element and it's just so well-written like as a editor and writer. I mean, and then you're King, just like, you're, ah. you're just like, oh, he, you're in good hands. You know that he's going to take care of you. You know, Stephen King knows what he's doing. So I have a very complicated relationship with Stephen King which we can talk about during our Halloween episode, because I have read, I've read The Shining, I've read it, I've read all of these books y'all would think I would never go near, which is just proof that peer pressure is a thing when you're a teenager. (laughs) Um, But one of the things I was absolutely obsessed with and would still pick up and read like this minute is The Body, which Mm -hmm. is uh, the book that um, Stand By Me is based on. Mm -hmm. And so I can get into his non-horror thing. So as you were talking about this, whenever you were saying, well, you know, there's a ghost on the roller coaster, my question would be, okay, so is this Dawn approved as far as the ghost story goes? 100%. It wasn't scary at all. Like it was like, 
melancholy, if that makes sense about the ghost. Like you were just sad that this girl, her mystery was never solved. You know, like you want to find out like what happened to her. So she's not haunting anybody. She's just like, she's just show- hanging out on a She's just coaster. showing up occasionally to people and only to certain people. So there's, you know, something to that. But yeah, if you, I haven't read the body that actually was one I almost picked up instead of Joyland. Cause it's another shorter one, <laughs> but I've seen stand by me, but that whole coming of age vibe. Yes. That whole thing that's in like stand by me. That's what I felt, except instead of it being, you know, a 12 or 13 year old, it was coming of age in the college age. So it was just wistful. I don't know. Like, it's just like that's nostalgic, wistful thing. It was a simpler time. And the fact that it was set in the seventies was like perfect. Um, I went to the state fair and the Texas state fair this weekend. And like, all I could think about, cause we were in the carnival games was like this book. <laughs> so I'm like, now the, <laughs> now the state fair, there's nothing nostalgic about the Texas state fair. It's huge and busy and crowded. It's not on a beach, but you know, all the carnival barkers, like trying to get you to play the games and stuff. I was like, I'm in the book, but I didn't go in any roller coasters and did not see any ghosts. So <laughs> I'm happy to report. <laughs> well, and I have to say for me, this Texas state fair is very nostalgic because we used to go once a year when I, we lived in Oklahoma, we would come down and I was allowed to bring one friend with me. And that was the one time a year I saw my cousins. Mm-hmm. And especially once we got old enough that they would just say, meet us at big techs in three hours, right. which if y'all are listening and you don't know what big techs is, I can educate you on that. But so that feels very nostalgic to me. Now, I have not been to the state fair in probably, well, I, the last time I went, my oldest daughter was, um, in a baby carrier Mm. and she is now 19. Yeah. So that's how long it's been. Yeah. I'm good now on the state fair. (laughs) It was, (laughs) it was so crowded. (laughs) So, and it's not nostalgic for me because I didn't grow up here and I had never heard of the Texas state fair when I was in Louisiana. I can't tell you if Louisiana has a state fair. I can't, I can't tell you if Louisiana has a state fair or not. I'm sure they do somewhere in like North Louisiana and it's very small. And I I don't know. We had Mardi Gras. So we, we didn't have to have any state fair party. We have Mardi Gras. Yeah. I think the competition between uh, having a state fair and having Mardi Gras, I think Mardi Gras is going to (laughs) win. I mean, I just, (laughs) so but it was fun to, you know, kind of be in that carnival scene after having just freshly read that book. So, all right, you guys, next week we have our Halloween episode, which I am so excited about. Dawn is a little scared. But... Dawn is less excited, but that's okay. <laughs> I will still be here. So the good news is we're going to give all our best Halloween recommendations. And since I read the scary stuff and Dawn reads the not scary stuff, we're going to have recommendations for both sides of the coin. So if you want something that just has like Halloween vibes, that's not scary. And that's not going to keep you up at night. Dawn's going to have some recommendations for you. If you like stuff that scares the bejesus out of you, I will have recommendations for you. So we'll hope you join us. Um, and until next time, we hope every book you pick up is rad reading. Bye. Bye.